I'm Sarah Funk, an on-camera travel host, video producer, and New York tour company owner. I live and breathe the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And I'm Maxima M. Martineau, a fantasy author, co-founder of a writing resource site called All the Kissing, and a brand writer for GoDaddy. Being an entrepreneur takes courage. This lifestyle is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, and unexpected hurdles. But overcoming these challenges means building the business of your dreams. Which is why we set out to chat with everyday entrepreneurs from all sorts of industries about their roads to success. Real stories, real people, real inspiration. This is School of Hustle. Hi, and welcome to School of Hustle. I'm Sarah, and you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Funky. And I'm Maxim, and you can find me online at Maxim McKay. So Maxim, how are you feeling today? You know, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. I'm feeling a little cooped up, and I'm like a, a self-proclaimed like recluse, so like I don't like to go out anyway. Wow, so this is, this is a lot for you to feel this way. Yes, it's a lot for me, so I, I, need, I need to be doing something that like sparks either my creative energy or gets the juices flowing or something because I'm feeling a bit stagnant right now. Not going to (laughs) lie. I hear you. I told myself I would work out every day of this. And I think I've probably worked out a total of five times. So I know I think by the time I get out, like I just have, I'm going to have zero muscle left in my body. But, you know, we got to take care of our health these times. We got to take care of our mind. Absolutely. Today, we're chatting with Taylor Elise Morrison, founder and CEO of Inner Workout. From movement to breathwork to meditation and journaling, her mission is to make self-care more inclusive and accessible to all. Her business has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and more. And we're so excited to chat with her about her entrepreneurial journey. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so thrilled to have you here. So could you tell us in your own words about Inner Workout? Yeah, Inner Workout, I like to say that it's people's self-care support system. So we're rooted in this yogic concept of the koshas, which we call the five dimensions of well-being. And we really create offerings that help people build the skill of self-care, which we define as listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. Yeah, and I think that is such an important thing right now because we're all dealing with how to be better with self-care and mental health. Exactly. You actually used to be the vice president of operations at a wellness startup. Um, So why the shift from corporate life to starting your own business? Was there an aha moment you had? I've always been entrepreneurial ever since I was a kid. I would always be learning things and then wanting to turn them into a business. So even before I started Inner Workout, I had a brand strategy company that I started my senior year of college. And I ended up actually marrying my high school sweetheart. And I remember telling him pretty early on in my relationship with him, like, if I am still working for someone else by the time I'm 30, then you have to make me quit my job because I know I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. I love that. That's so inspiring. And I completely agree as well. Yeah. So I was working in corporate um, at Allstate's headquarters, and I knew that that life wasn't for me. So moving into a startup and a role on the ground floor of a startup really felt like a good way for me to start to build up some of my business and especially my operational chops. And then I actually went back to corporate for a little bit. Allstate had a startup, continues to have a startup called Arity. Um, and they wanted someone who had startup experience and someone who had Allstate experience to come back and help them. And so I went back for a little bit. It definitely did not feel like a startup. And I knew from there that it was time for me to transition out. 
Yeah, and I think uh, starting at a startup actually teaches you a lot about entrepreneurship because you have to be really innovative and come up with ideas on the drop of a hat sometimes. And so it's a great way to practice those skill sets before actually going out on your own. I completely agree. And because I, at that point, before I joined the startup, part of how I got the job was I was able to share things that I had done for clients with my brand strategy company, and then getting in and working at the startup and being able to build systems and processes from the ground up. I've been able to translate so many of those skills into running inner workout today. So speaking of those skills, I noticed after reading an article from The Fullest about you that you used to be a ballet dancer. And as a former uh, ballroom dancer, I have a lot of love for the dance world. But uh, I noticed that you moved from ballet to a more freeing style of dance in high school. Um, Can you tell us about that transition and how maybe those skills shaped your path towards starting inner workout? So I actually started ballet kind of late. I did it as a kid when a lot of little kids are doing ballet and then I paused and then around fourth and fifth grade, I got really into it, got on point, was going to class multiple times a week, was always preparing for a recital or for the Nutcracker. And there are a lot of good things that ballet taught me. It taught me a lot about discipline. It taught me a lot of body awareness, which I use today in building out things for inner workout. But there are also some unhealthy things that it brought with the way that I related to my body. Mm -hmm. As someone who does not look like a traditional ballet dancer, there was a little bit of dissonance there for me. So moving in high school to joining my high school's dance team was a lot of fun. We got to do things that weren't so strict. There's still a lot of strictness. We cared a lot about if your arms are straight and how clean things were. Um, But I got to have a lot of creative flexibility. I was a captain for two years. So yeah, I feel like it grew me a lot as a leader and also helped start that process of kind of healing my relationship to my body. That's fantastic. And I think being a leader in that role really did teach you a lot about how to run your business today. So let's get back into inner workout a little bit. How did you know that was going to be a good business idea? I wish I could say like there was a specific moment, but when I had the idea, I was about to take a yoga class and I just thought, why isn't there a self-care class? For me as someone who tends to be pretty competitive, yoga can be something where I'm like, man, I'm not in like the deepest version of the pose. I'm not as flexible as that girl on the other mat and getting competitive with it. So it doesn't always end up being self-care. And I wanted to build something that was really inward focused and helping people build their skills and learning how to listen within. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of looking around to see if there was something similar to what I wanted to build. And I didn't really see anything that was exactly the same. There were some things that were kind of similar, but were maybe focused more on cardio. There wasn't anything in the restorative space and nothing that was purely focused on, we're here to help you build the skill of self-care. So I saw that market opportunity. And then I started talking to a lot of people. I was in a startup program. And so I was doing a lot of customer discovery and talking to people and running the idea past them and getting a lot of good feedback. Could you tell us a little bit about that startup program? I'm so curious about that. I bet it taught you so much. 
Yeah, so I did a program called Future Founders. The program that I'm in was at the time called the Startup Residency. They've since rebranded to the Startup Bootcamp, and it's for idea stage companies. And it really takes you through the process of validating your idea, starting early stages to think about what a business model could look like. And for me, it was really helpful because it gave me a lot of accountability we had to talk to a certain amount of customers by a certain amount of time. And then also it gave me a really good support network. Like there are people who went through that program and then there's a second stage where you get even more support and mentorship. And I still talk to those people today. On the note of validating your idea, I think that's so important because you need to go out and see if there is a market for the idea that you want to move forward with as a business, there's really nothing worse than just coming up with a concept and saying, you know what, I think this is going to work and just trying it. You need to go out and talk to people. And I think by doing that, you learned a lot too. Was there anything that people had told you during your process of validating the idea? Maybe some people you spoke to um, asking if they would be interested that gave you new ideas to tailor your business model? So I think the biggest learning was that people knew in general that self-care was something that they should do and either they knew what worked for them but they struggled to make time for it or they didn't know and they were just kind of lost so I really saw the biggest opportunities for us to offer support was creating something that people could put on their calendar they could go to it they can show up for it that accountability piece And then also the support and kind of guiding people through a practice, guiding them through things that can resonate with them. And so some people come to the practice and every single part resonates with them. Sometimes they struggle a little bit with the journaling, but they're appreciative of it. And so I'm seeing that the biggest value that we provide is with the support in giving people actual guidance on what they can do and then also with the accountability. Yeah, and I think that's really great because the different aspects you provide, you talk about there's five different elements to mental health. Um, In reading a little bit about your business, I realized there were things I didn't even know were part of mental health. And that education part is so key. And you talked about journaling a little bit. It's funny because that's one of the things I struggle with too. I try really hard to journal every day and say the best part of the day, the worst part of the day, a new experience and something I learn. And I was doing that until all of this happened with coronavirus. And then it's just, it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. So having that support group would be such a nice aspect. Yes. So let's talk about a little bit. The first thing you did when you had your business concept uh, now, how do you implement it? Right. How do you create it? This is, this can be so overwhelming to business owners, the first step. And sometimes you don't even realize you're doing the first step. It meshes all together, but talk about that process. Where did I start? I think what was helpful for me is having a background where I was working with clients on their branding. I definitely had a little bit of a head start because my brain starts to think about mission, vision, and values, who our target customer is, what the type of language we're going to use to connect with them is. Um, But even before all of that, I loved this name of inner workout. So I searched to see like, is there a domain that I can get? Can I start to reserve names on social media and did like a preliminary trademark search to see what was out there to make sure that there wasn't something I didn't know about. 
So that's kind of where I started. And then I started building out the brand. I built the website myself. My husband's a designer, but it was really important for me as I was building out the brand to support as many women-owned companies as I could as I was building my company. So I actually worked with a colleague of his to build the visual brand. And then I executed that on building out the website. I had a landing page up for a while. So I would kind of tease about it on my own channels and people could go and start to follow, start to sign up so that when there was something, I had not a huge list, but a little bit of a list. Yeah, and that's a really good strategy because having a list or a newsletter uh, in general is an amazing way to reach potential customers. And this is something I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to remember. When you have a social media presence, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, whatever, you don't own those people. But what you do own is their email addresses if you have a newsletter. And you can take those email addresses and you can sell them on things. And I always recommend content as a sales tool instead of direct sales because people hate to be sold to so much. But you have a very good point. It is key to establish that newsletter very early on. So when you started doing this, it sounded like you kind of rolled it out slowly to see if there's a taste right in the market for it. What were you feeling when you launched your first class? Were you scared? Were you excited? What was going through your head? Yeah. And I realized something else that I did that I didn't mention is I beta tested the class format. So I had people go through it and got some good feedback. Oh, smart. Was able to get some initial blurbs, testimonials that I could use to validate so people could see, oh, this is actually something other people have enjoyed. When I launched, I felt really ready. So I had the idea for the concept in late March and I didn't launch until September. And so by that time I was like chomping at the bit ready for people to actually experience it. So I was excited. It also was a little nerve wracking because it's like, uh, what if it fails? Ah, yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. It was exciting to launch it and just to allow myself to be supported. That's another thing. I like to do a lot of things by myself. So to see how excited people were to support me in the launch, that was really cool and invalidating. So entrepreneurship has a certain level of fluidity to it. And I'm curious, was there anything that was absolutely non-negotiable for you, like the concept or the name or something else entirely? I really loved the name and I knew that I wanted to support people in self-care. I think values-wise, I also really wanted to be a company that represented all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, and be really making self-care accessible. I've been really intentional in that when there's different brand partnerships, when you see all the photos on the website, you see different types of people represented. And that's really been a stake in the ground for me. Yeah, I think that's really important because there are a lot of brands that don't do that and it can exclude people. So having different types of people does help tremendously. This is like a whole stance on body positivity. Yep. Like no matter who you are, no matter what kind of body you have, you deserve to be happy. And I absolutely love this message that you're putting out there. And it sounds like you were just so prepared, right? You, this came to you in late March and then you launched in September. So was there anything that you wish you knew now that you could have told yourself back then? I'm happy that I gave myself that much time because in the past, I've just had an idea and launched it 
sometimes literally the next day. And so having that time of months to really think about it and stew on it and build relationships and run it past people. And I would do that again if I were launching another company. Um, what I would do differently, and I was just talking to my friend about this before we got on, was that I wish I would have been a little bit bolder in asking early on. I think I had a lot of fear and um, imposter syndrome of like, yeah, what if someone finds out that I'm not a real CEO, whatever it means to be a real CEO. I felt the same way when I same started my here. business. Oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming because you think, oh, I'm not good enough. But that's why self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's why your your business is so important because we have this little voice in our head that constantly contradicts what we're worth. Exactly. You did so much research. At a certain point, you just have to trust yourself. Yeah. You have your own unique experience that you bring to the table and it's so wonderful, right? But I totally get it. I have the self-doubt monster that like hangs on my little shoulder and tells me I can't do it as well. So I get it. It comes down to a fear of failure, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it, no one likes to fail, but in some ways failure can teach you so much more than success can. And learning from failure and adapting failure can lead to a more successful outcome. And I think the little voice in our head that's always like, oh, I'm an imposter. I'm not really this great. That's what it's really saying is you're afraid of failure. Yeah. And I also noticed that there was a lot of self-sabotage where I was afraid of failing. And so I wouldn't want to tell people about what I was building or I wouldn't want to ask for help, which subconsciously was leaning me towards failure because I was so afraid to put myself out there. And so I was just like, I either am going to do this and ask for things and show up in a big way. And if I fail, I fail or not do it at all. But this in-between is, it's, it just was not healthy for me. With that said, you are the guru of self-care, whether you doubt yourself or not. So I know that you have five parts associated with self-care. Can you tell us about them? I think everyone's curious what they are and how they can improve their lives with them. Yeah, so everything that Inner Workout does is rooted in this yogic philosophy of the koshas. It can be translated as the sheaths, the bodies, the layers of being. We talk about them as the five dimensions of well-being. Mm -hmm. So the first one is your physical self, the physical dimension. And this is often where the conversation around self-care starts and ends. So we talk about eating healthfully. We talk about moving our bodies. We talk about getting a facial or a mani-pedi, these things for our physical body. And then we're like, oh, that's it. I practice self-care. So true. That's where most people stop. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. And so when we talk about the physical dimension for inner workout, we're not just thinking about like what you're putting on or in your body. We're really thinking about what your relationship is to your body. Do you know it? Do you know what it needs? And are you responding to those needs? Mm -hmm. The next dimension of well-being is energetic. And that's really thinking about your breath. It's also thinking about how you relate to energy in your daily life. Do you know what drains you and what doesn't drain you? And how are you able to modulate? Then you have your mental and emotional well-being, which I'm glad to see that that is becoming more of a conversation for self-care. We talk about going to therapy. Some people have a coach. You're, we're starting to see that as a piece of self-care. Mm -hmm. For inner workout, we're thinking about what you're putting into your brain. Are you challenging yourself? Are you feeding your brain, essentially, good things? 
And then we also think about what's coming out of your brain, your thoughts, your emotions. Are you processing those? Are you making space for them? Then you have the wisdom dimension, which is all about your inner knowing. A lot of times we get really caught up in what other people are telling us. We're chasing essentially other people's dreams because we're shooting to have this amount of salary and marry a partner and have kids and do all of these things. And sometimes we really want them because we really want them. And sometimes it's just what we've been told to want. That's so true. Like go to college, get married, buy a house, have kids. That's the order, which is fine if you want to do that, by the way. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. But don't feel the pressure to. Exactly. And so wisdom is understanding what you want and then being able to go after it. And What you want could be really aligned to what you've been told to want, but sometimes you're like, oh man, actually, I want to make the switch to working at this nonprofit, or I want to go back to school, or these things that take me off the typical path. And wisdom is really being able to discern what you want because you want it, and what you want because you feel like it's what you should do. And then the final dimension is bliss. And bliss is all about connection, connection to yourself, connection to a community, because we talk a lot about self-care, but community care is also so, so important. And then connection to something beyond yourself, whether that's making sure you're in nature, whether that's spirituality, but seeing a bigger picture. Wow. Well, is there one thing that we can all do today that will help us tremendously? For example, put down our phones, (laughs) which is so hard to do. I try so hard. I fail and I try again. I've deleted a lot of apps off of my phone and then it just makes my phone less appealing. I don't have email on my phone. I don't have Google Chrome on my phone. So if I need to do something, I need to get up and go to a computer. So that's something recently that I've done. Um, I think the biggest thing is making space for silence, making space to be with your own thoughts. I love to multitask. So I love to have a podcast on while I'm walking my dog or have something on in the background while I'm cooking. Well, now I don't really drive anywhere, but <laughs> I know, right? back when we did drive, being like, I'm not going to put on the radio right now. I'm not going to put on a podcast right now. I'm just going to let this be silent, see what comes up. That is really a big tool that people can use. So Taylor, you're so knowledgeable on this, but is there anything you're still actively learning about? Well, it's funny. I don't feel like I know it all. I think the reason (laughs) why I'm good at running this company is because I'm a person who is actively figuring out what self-care looks like in my life in any given moment. You're analyzing yourself as kind of a case study. (laughs) Exactly. I like that. (laughs) I'm not coming from a place of like having figured it out. I don't meditate for hours every day. I'm figuring it out just like everyone else. I think the biggest thing that I'm looking at when it comes to self-care is how I relate to self-care when self-care is my work. And I love what I do, but I also know that my tendency is to be a workaholic. Mm -hmm. So really trying to figure out how I can have things that I do for fun outside of my job, which honestly is a good problem to have. Like a lot of people don't enjoy what they do so much that they're like, man, how do I step back from this? But that's what I've been trying to figure out. Like, what do I do? I can relate to you because my one of my jobs is I'm a travel host. So I go to different destinations around the world and show people how to travel to those destinations. And I love traveling, don't get me wrong. But sometimes I have to remind myself how fortunate I am to be able to go to Dubai. And that's my job is to literally vacation and show people how to vacation because it's hard to separate when what you love doing is your job 
and the line gets very blurred. And so I understand what you mean by that. It's, it's a weird problem to have. I think it's a good problem to have though. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, uh, Taylor, you have had so much experience, right? You, you worked at a startup before this, you've gathered an email list before you even launched your business. So you're, I would say you're pretty savvy when it comes to the marketing side of your um, business. The wellness industry is growing, right? Like I feel like there's a lot out there, a lot of competitors. So I'm really curious how you separate yourself. How do you stand out from everyone else who's trying to say that they're a wellness brand right now? Um, I think a couple of things. One is being really firm and intentional about being an inclusive wellness brand. There are so many comments that I get where they're like, man, I love how I went on your website and I saw someone who I felt like is me right now, not like what I'm aspiring to be by using your product. So I think that's a big differentiator that people can see themselves in the brand. I also think that focusing on being a product and a company that's focused on self-care, yes, there's like a mental health aspect of that, but we're, we're not really a health company. We're not really a fitness company. We're really about you relating to yourself. And we're seeing that be an opportunity to change our messaging because everyone else is at the end of the day selling you getting healthier or these different types of things. And we're like, no, we just want to help you get to know yourself and support yourself. That's such an honest mission. I love that. Yeah. So what's next for your business? Are you looking to expand into other products and services? Can you talk about what products you offer now? Yeah. So it's interesting. It's an interesting time to be a business owner. I would have answered this question probably a lot different a couple of months ago. So what we offer right now is we have the inner workout class, the namesake class, which is a 30 to 60 minute class that blends movement, breath work, journaling, and meditation. And it's all designed to help you build the skill of self-care. So right now what we can offer is we have the pre-recorded classes for that. And people can buy a single class or they can buy a bundle of all of the class recordings. We did do a lot of in-person classes and we have a certification program, which is now taking place online where people can become inner workout facilitators. That's what we call it rather than teachers. Because again, we really think that you're the teacher. We're just facilitating the experience to help you step into that role for yourself. So we've got that certification program. Mm -hmm. And we also have what we recently launched is the Take Care Profile, which is completely digital. It measures people along the five dimensions of well-being, tells you percentage-wise where you're at, and then gives you three customized self-care practices based on what your results are. So that's something we recently launched, and we're seeing a lot of people excited about that. It's something really practical that people can do and to jumpstart their self-care. And there's a lot of opportunity. We have coaches who are interested in using it with their clients. We are piloting it with a company as something that they can offer to their employees to talk about self-care. So there's a lot of exciting things there. And I'm, I've kind of stopped trying to make any quarterly goals. And I'm just trying to measure what's happening and then move forward the next week based on what I learned. So what are you doing to navigate these challenging times as a business? Are there any new products and services that you're going to offer, such as virtual classes, perhaps? I kind of hit pause when everything with COVID-19 happened. I put out some free resources. I put out this, we call it an inner workout. 
Um, that included an embodiment practice, some journaling prompts, and a meditation. And it was just like, here's something that you can do to take care of yourself right now. That's a great way to connect with the community, too, to give them free resources to show that you care and you're trying to help because everyone's having a hard time right now. Exactly. So it was something easy to offer. And then I thought about doing more live stream classes. I like have the setup where I could do it, but I realized that looking at the landscape, there is so much going on when it comes to virtual fitness classes. A lot of the really big companies are offering them for free. Yeah. And then as a class that is not exactly like anything that other people have experienced, it didn't make sense to spend a lot of marketing effort trying to explain what inner workout was to new people when they could try a 90-day free trial or get a free Instagram live class elsewhere. So I decided business-wise not to focus on the virtual classes, though I do offer them for free a lot of times in partnership with other brands, which has been really good, a funnel to build awareness. Mm -hmm. And then I launched the Take Care profile. A lot of that is what I did through um, listening. I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs to hear what was going on in their industries, what trends they observed. And then I went back to that customer discovery that I did originally and saw, okay, where were there opportunities for me to really provide a service that was digital, that wasn't necessarily teaching a class? And that's how I built out Take Care. And then I started testing it with people getting feedback. We launched it on Product Hunt, which was really helpful, but then diving into our community showing it as a resource to our community and having them get excited about it as well. Could you talk a little bit about the partnerships with brands that you've established? Yeah, so I've done a lot of event partnerships. Sometimes it's me teaching a workshop on self-care. Sometimes it's teaching an inner workout class. But it's been really good because it allows me to get in front of a different audience. Next week, I'll be teaching a live stream class for a pretty large like direct-to-consumer Instagram brand. And what I was realizing was that there was a need. They're trying to provide content to all of their customers, all of their followers, but they're not a brand that is a wellness brand. They're just adjacent. They sell clothing and home goods. And so I could say, oh, hey, I see that you're looking for people to facilitate. I could do that. Do you, are you still looking for people? So really coming in and showing how I can provide value. And then the return that I've seen on that has been an increase in email subscribers, an increase in followers, and then also, again, that just initial brand awareness. And it's nice because that's not something that I'm having to pay for through an ad. It's really a win-win situation. It's the best free marketing you can possibly get. Plus, you have the association with that brand that's well-established and that validates your brand uh, to the same level. So I've chatted with a few entrepreneurs um, in similar spaces, whether that's wellness, fitness, or like adjacent to the wellness industry, who have a very strong social media following, and their followers expect them to be motivational and energetic all the time. Like their posts on social always have to be happy and smiling faces and positive speeches. And you know, right now, that can be difficult. It's a lot. So when you have people counting on you for this type of, you know, support, emotion, feeling, whatever that may be, how do you keep yourself motivated? I've built the brand in a way where we don't have to do that, both my personal brand and in our workout. I think of 
around Christmas, we had a post that was like the most wonderful time of the year, question mark. <laughs> like actually, this isn't the most wonderful time of the year for everyone because you're having to sometimes see family that really annoy you or have like done something terrible to you in the past or you're stressed out or, or buying presents that you can't afford. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have those real conversations instead of like, it's all sunshine and rainbows, but be like, no, sometimes it's really awful. Sometimes you're pissed off. Sometimes life seems really hard. How do you care for yourself even when you're in that place? Yeah. Embracing how you feel, whether it's positive or negative and understanding that it's okay to feel sad or depressed about something. It's okay. I love that because I swear sometimes I'll like hop onto Instagram and check out like a brand that I follow and it's like positive message, this, this, this. And I'm like, do you really feel this way all the time? Do you wake up at 6am and have this perfect post just ready to go? So true. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so authentic and honest what you're doing. What's one piece of advice you give to everyday entrepreneurs like yourself? In this moment, especially in something that I'll carry with me, is that collaboration is so vital. It's Mm -hmm. just exactly what I was describing. There's so many ways to create shared opportunity. And I think in having a mentality of like, I need to go this alone or I don't want to collaborate because what if they're getting money that people aren't spending on my brand, but having this collaborative mindset makes a world of difference. Like there are so many opportunities that I've had, customers that I've gotten because I've been able to collaborate with other people. And I think that really started to turbocharge around coronavirus and Mm COVID-19. And I'm like, man, I was shortchanging myself by being afraid to reach out, even just to have a conversation. The whole reason Take Care came to be is because I was talking with all those entrepreneurs and understanding what was going on in their industry and then putting those insights towards what I was going through with Inner Workout. So having those conversations, having that community of other people who are also building a company, even if it's something in a completely different industry than you. Yeah, just connecting with people that can relate to what you're going through. I know GoDaddy has a great community right now called Open We Stand, and it's a community of entrepreneurs that are all struggling right now because of COVID-19, and I'm part of it, and it feels so good to be part of it because you're in a group of people that can understand and relate to you, and we're all sharing information and growing and trying our best to stay open. Yeah. For anyone listening who wants to join in on that community, there's a group on LinkedIn and it's just entrepreneurs coming together, talking about their current experiences, what they're going through. So just having open, honest conversations, just like we've been having with the wonderful Taylor. A hundred percent. So Taylor, you've been so wonderful. Before we let you go, is there anything else you would like to share? I guess the biggest thing is that I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to set aside some time for yourself. A lot of times we think self-care has to be this long ritual or routine, but even just taking five minutes to listen to a song and have a dance party in your living room, taking one minute to do some deep breathing can make a world of difference in how you approach the rest of your day. And as entrepreneurs, we're thinking strategically about so many things, worried about our customers, our employees, and so many other people. And I just really want to give you permission to spend a little time on yourself. 
I love that. So if anyone's looking for resources like that, I know I am. You can check out Taylor's information. It will be uh, linked uh, either in the podcast or below in this video. Um, so Taylor, it's been such a joy having you on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in today. If you want to learn more about Taylor and Inner Workout, visit innerworkout.co. Follow her on Facebook at The Inner Workout and Instagram at Inner Workout. That's all for this edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe to our show. We'll see you next time.